What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, today's going to be a little different. Um, in this podcast, right after this introduction, I'm going to play for you some audio from the video 9-11 Whistleblowers by James Corbett. He's got a YouTube channel as of this recording, but with cancel culture going on and full effect, that could change. And he does have his own website, CorbettReport.com, a private website. Doesn't have to worry about getting canceled or taken down up in there. And I am sharing this podcast. I'm giving the credits to him, obviously. Um, But he always posts that, you know, if you follow him, he's always talking about how his information is always free use, you know, fair use. Um, He's always encouraging people to distribute it. So I am doing my part and distributing it. His work is unmatched when it comes to the world of conspiracies in my opinion I've been following him for several years Um, it's very very evidence-based he doesn't jump into loony crazy thinking Uh, you know this is one of the reasons why why, you know, I love him. He presents his information, presents presents the evidence for it, and then doesn't tell you how to then think about the issue. Presents it and then lets you make your informed, you know, inference on the matter, as we all should. Um, one of the biggest problems with... The conspiracy stuff is that the media covers it up. We saw that with the Jeff Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell stuff. Uh, Enough of this rant. Without further ado, I present to you an audio excerpt from one of James Corbett's videos called 9-11 Whistleblowers, The Commissioners. Enjoy. themselves. The 9-11 Commission, formerly the National Commission on Terrorist Attacks upon the United States, was set up by President George W. Bush, who dragged his heels a full 441 days before finally establishing a body to investigate the events of September 11, 2001, and to prepare a full and complete account of the circumstances surrounding them. But that remarkable gap between the events and the impaneling of the Commission was not due to mere laziness. Bush actively resisted any investigation for as long as he could, taking the extraordinary and unprecedented step of personally asking Senate Majority Leader Tom Daschle to limit Congress's investigation into those events. 
It was only when the political pressure to form a commission of inquiry became too great for Bush to resist that he authorized the commission and nominated a chairman, Henry Kissinger. Today I'm pleased to announce my choice for commission chairman, Dr. Henry Kissinger. About once the commission begins its work, it fingers point to valuable allies, say Saudi Arabia, for example. Um, the implications, the policy implications this could have for the United States, particularly at this delicate time. Uh, I have been given every assurance uh, by the president that we should uh, that we should go where the facts lead us. Kissinger's reputation as a cover-up artist and tool of the political establishment was such that even the New York Times speculated that Bush's nomination of him showed that the president wanted to contain the investigation into 9-11, not enable it. 9-11 victims' family members, similarly concerned that Kissinger was being appointed to run a cover-up commission, challenged him to his face to release the client list of his political consulting business. Several family members approached Kissinger and requested a meeting at his office in New York. Prior to the meeting, Kristen Breitweiser conducted a thorough investigation of Kissinger's potential conflicts of interest. Probably much to the chagrin of some of the people in the room, Lori asked some very pointed questions. Would you have any Saudi American clients that you would like to tell us about? And he was very uncomfortable, kind of twisting and turning on the couch. And then she asked whether he had any clients by the name of Bin Laden. And he just about fell off his couch. Former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger stepped down from the position Friday. We thought the meeting went well. The next morning, Kissinger resigned his post as head of the 9-11 Commission and former New Jersey Governor Thomas Kane and former Indiana Congressman Lee Hamilton were appointed chairman and vice chairman, respectively, to take his place. Remarkably, the suggestions of political cover-up did not end there, nor were they confined to a marginalized, lunatic fringe of conspiracy theorists derided by the establishment media. The remarkable and almost completely unreported fact is that six out of the ten commissioners Kane and Hamilton, as well as Bob Carey, Tim Romer, John Lehman, and Max Cleland, have all expressed concern that the commission was misled, stymied, hampered by conflicts of interest, and, ultimately, forced to participate in a politically motivated cover-up. In their book, Without Precedent, The Inside Story of the 9-11 Commission, and in press conferences and interviews at the time the report was released, Kane and Hamilton famously remarked, that the commission had been set up to fail. Even Lee Hamilton, the co-chair of the 9-11 commission itself, admits to us that the process he headed up was seriously flawed. So there are all kinds of reasons. We thought we were set up to fail. We got started late. We had a very short time frame. Indeed, we had to get it extended. Uh, we did not have enough money. They were, they were afraid we were going to hang somebody. But it was very difficult, and Lee and I write in our book that um, we think the commission in many ways was set up to fail. As it turns out, the majority of the commissioners felt that the commission had been lied to, deliberately obstructed, undermined by the White House, or set up with staff that had conflicts of interest in the investigation.
One of these concerned commissioners, Max Cleland, resigned because the commission had been deliberately compromised by the President of the United States. Commissioner John Lehman, meanwhile, admitted on NBC Nightly News that the commission had to go through Karl Rove and other senior White House members to access key documents in their investigation, and that we purposely put together a staff that had, in a way, conflicts of interest, stressing, lest there be any doubt, that all of the staff had, to a certain extent, some conflict of interest. Commission members even considered bringing criminal charges against Pentagon officials who had deliberately lied to them about the military's complete lack of response on that day. But perhaps the most cryptic of all the dissenting commissioners was Bob Carey. In 2009, he remarked that 9-11 was a 30-year-old conspiracy, but no mainstream reporter has ever followed up with him to clarify this statement. Do you support a criminal investigation into 9-11? Because I know yours was an exposition. It was, it was not a criminal investigation. I don't think so, but I, but I, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, do, I do support a permanent commission to examine, not just that, but lots of other things in this area. But if it's a permanent cover-up, then it's, uh, it's, I mean, if it's an act of war and it's, and it's, it's hiding things, which everyone on your commission knew that the Pentagon was changing their stories, lying to you, and it's a cover-up of an act of war and under Article 3, Section 3 of the Constitution, it's treason. So unless we get to the very bottom of it, then we're still talking tre a treasonous exposition. This is a longer conversation. I'm not okay. sure you, this would ever get to the bottom of it. We have to. Or we can't can. save our country, sir. I don't think, well, if that's the, if that's the condition upon which we're going to be saving our country, I don't Because the problem is it's a 30-year-old conspiracy. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm talking about 9-11. That's what I'm oh, talking oh, about. Oh, you are. You mean yeah. I did? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I got to right. right. Maybe you will. Okay, thanks. It is utterly remarkable that the 9-11 Commission and its final report are still held up as the final word on the events of September 11, 2001, when a majority of its own commissioners admit that the Commission was a cover-up and did not get to the bottom of the story. Even more remarkable is that this fact has never even been mentioned, let alone examined, in any mainstream media report. And, despite the fact that the majority of Americans believe the government is concealing what it knows about the events of September 11th from the public, to this day, anyone who raises questions about the commission or its findings is treated as a conspiratorial loony by those same media personalities that refuse to report on the 9-11 Commission's own whistleblowers. It should be apparent by this point that the old argument that someone would have talked is not just fallacious, but factually incorrect. There have, in fact, been numerous whistleblowers with documentable evidence of the frauds and fictions that have been constructed around the official 9-11 narrative. Their disclosures put the but someone would have talked, doubters, in an uncomfortable predicament. Either they are lazy, boldly pronouncing on issues they have not themselves bothered to investigate, or they are lying. What is especially galling when the so-called skeptics use the someone would have talked fallacy is that the whistleblowers have in fact done everything possible to publicize their stories. Holding press conferences, filing formal appeals, joining whistleblower organizations, and making themselves available for interviews. For their heroic efforts, these brave men and women have been fired from their jobs, shunned by former colleagues, smeared by the mainstream media, and ignored by the public. Someone would have talked. Indeed, numerous someones have talked. Some of them have even screamed. 
But when their cries are ignored, the stories of the 9-11 whistleblower sound like the proverbial trees falling in the forest with no one around to hear them. Unless and until we give these valiant men and women a voice, then we will never hope to learn the truth about 9-11. James Corbett with yet another masterpiece. He has created several documentaries. Uh, his latest documentary as of this recording is a whole series on Bill Gates. I encourage you to go to his website, jamescorbett.com. Check it out. You can also look it, look it up on uh, YouTube. But the amount of work, research that he puts into these documentaries is unmatched, unparalleled. Um, he's also has, uh, he's got uh, several documentaries on 9-11. He's got one called 9-11 Trillions, another one called 9-11 War Games, absolute masterpieces. And if you follow him, you'll notice a lot of the stuff he uses, you know, as evidence, you know, or anything to back up his claims, it comes directly from the mainstream media. So you can't, if, you know, if you're a skeptic, or, you know, you think these conspiracy theories are just Looney Tune stuff, check it out for yourself. He's using mainstream sources. That way, folks that are, you know, you just can't just say, oh, well, he's just a guy living in the basement pulling shit out of his ass that is absolutely wrong and if you're listening to this for the first time and you know it's it's gonna be jaw dropping it's gonna be heart stopping it's gonna be a tough pill to swallow but this is the reality of it I believe the official narrative for over 15 years I knew all the movies for 9-11 you know all the stuff that Hollywood made and knew many of the stories my wife was also passionate about it. it it almost became obsessive for us and we knew all the official stories and we believed it and as soon as I started digging a little bit into it little by little holy shit it it was it was something else I mean it's almost comparable to when I started accepting that my Christianity or you know everything I had believed in about God was all nonsense it's the same damn thing when I bumped into 9-11 same damn thing and Believing the official narratives, in a sense, became dogmatic for me. 
I didn't want to question it. And if you question it, you were a Looney Tune conspiracy tinfoil hat wearing piece of shit. Now, it's it's eye-opening. You know, now as an atheist, now that I realize that all this religion is bullshit just to control the masses, I look at religion in a whole different light. And it's the same thing with 9-11. Now that I know all the little bullshit things going on. It's not just a few things with 9-11. That's the thing. There are so many angles you can go about it. Because a lot of people will say if it was a conspiracy, there'd be this and there'd be that. They're always All these rebuttals that people that are skeptical and, and believe the official narratives... A hundred percent. They all they all make the same charges and they're easily debunked. In this video, James Corbett says towards the end that another thing that people these quote unquote self proclaimed skeptics will say is, well, if it was a conspiracy, people would be talking. <laughs> and and he just shuts that rebuttal or that claim he debunks it right on its face with this series of videos called 9-11 whistleblowers so that whole premise well if it was a conspiracy people would have talked is bullshit plenty of people have been talking they get ignored by the media some die untimely deaths this isn't made shit up this is fucking fact look it up it's a hard pill to swallow. If you're on that fence, look into it a little bit more. I'm going to probably start putting a little bit more of James Corbett's videos. Um, as I said in the introduction, he is totally cool with people passing the information. His whole aim is to spread truth when you're getting sanitized filtered redacted information from the government is that really truth <sighs> hope you guys all take an extra minute this September 11th think about all the lives lost on that day, world changing day for most of us. Most of us know what we were doing that day, where we were at. Still fresh in my mind. I became a firefighter because of 9-11. I saw the heroism of the firefighters and I wanted to be a badass motherfucker like them. And did a few years in fire. And now that I know this information, it just pisses me off. How many innocent people had to die over fucking bullshit. That's what pisses me off the most. And then when people, when you tell people that the official 
9-11 story from the government is nonsense. And then some of them get mad at you because they think you're being disrespectful to the victims. It's pathetic. Now don't get me wrong, I... Again, we have to put ourselves in their shoes. And I was in those shoes. And whenever I heard conspiracy talk about 9-11, I would put my hands to my ears and my brain just wanted to shut it out. I didn't want to hear it. And I did feel it was disrespectful as well. Once you find out a little bit more, it's world changing. Again, just like finding out God and religion are just tools to control us. All these official narratives that we were fed about 9-11, cave-dwelling Talibanis with box cutters, coming to blow themselves up in an elaborate plan where NORAD was down. (laughs) All these things just happened to fall in place. And this is the story we're given and we're supposed to believe it. No different than the JFK assassination bullshit story with the magic bullet theory. Complete fucking nonsense. And here's another interesting thing. Many of the folks that worked in the Warren Commission, you know, that oversaw the JFK assassination. They also worked on the 9-11 Commission. It's these patterns, it's this ridiculousness that makes, when you really, really dig into it, you know, there's absolutely no doubt that there was a lot of bullshit going on, that we did not get the entire truth. gonna do a follow-up podcast more of this 9-11 stuff because it saddens me that 19 years later and every year that passes by the interest in 9-11 just slowly dissipates slowly gets forgotten and I don't want to I don't want to do that never forget When I say 9-11, never forget, I mean it with all my heart. So I'm going to be doing a few more podcasts coming up a lot more repeatedly than I had been doing. But 9-11 is something that we shall never forget. We got to keep it alive. We got to keep it in the conversation. We got to wake people up that this is nonsense this bullshit is still going on it's gone on for decades it goes way before JFK and of course JFK happens and then 9-11 and you think that stuff has stopped bullshit is still going on right now we're going through the COVID-19 nonsense do I think COVID-19 is fake. No. 
do I think the reaction to it is appropriate? Fuck no. I think it's a huge overreaction that's just gonna fuck up our economy, fuck up the regular folks like you and I, but the Amazons, the Walmarts of the world will be making record profits. This bullshit continues. And it continues because people choose not to see reality live with the blinders on if the big brother government tells them that everything is okay everything is it's good here's the official story believe it and people accept it like dogma like a religious dogma don't question it ever this is why this shit keeps going on it's going to continue until we finally start to wake the fuck up. I'm doing my piece with this little podcast. As humble as it may be. But I feel like it's doing something. I speak with my friends, my co-workers, my family members about this. If we can get most of us to start waking up to this bullshit. Maybe less and less of it will happen. Maybe we can actually do something. All right, y'all. Until then, peace and love. Stay awake.